0: In Queensland podcast. I'm Jessica Reynolds. Today I'm speaking with Louise Fitzgerald-Baker, a busy mum of three who built her career in the construction industry as a property developer. She is now a published author of The Pink Hard Hat and trains women to be financially free. Thank you for your time today, Louise. Thanks, Jess, for having me. That's all right. Um, so what types of property development have you worked on?
1: The properties that I developed range from townhouses to units and typically my happy place in property development was probably between about 12 to 20. But I have done as many as 30, 35 in a group.
0: That's a pretty big achievement. Uh, so how did you actually get your start in property development?
1: Yeah, that's a question a lot of people ask. I suppose at the time, you just take the next step, don't you? But for me, it was an, it was important for me to see, to get fast forward. And I just felt that Working for a wage was just going to be too slow. And at one point, I'd always surrounded myself with property people. My mother was an investor in property and a landlord, and my brothers were heavily into property as well. Um, more as investors, uh, one of my brothers was a marketer in property as well. Mm-hmm. And I took a lot close look at the industry and thought, you know what? It's probably time I gave this a good look myself. So it was 2007 and I decided to take a chance.
0: A chance. Well, did that chance pay off, do you think?
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it changed my life, actually. So even though that was probably not the greatest time to get started, um, I'd bought the right property at the right time. And as you would know, it's all in the purchase, Jess. <laughs> uh, and I, I went on to uh it was it was about three K's from the city and I went on to construct on the side of those two houses 10 townhouses so mm-hmm. it was a fairly audacious goal for my first deal and I didn't know what I didn't know I had a one year, one and a half year old at the time and a you know and a three and a five year old so I really was just working with blind people faith and raw enthusiasm <laughs> if I'm really
0: honest did people think you were crazy
1: I I didn't really take too much notice I guess my husband was the one I had to ask I said to him look I, I think I think I can do this I've done about as much research and study as he can do and intellectually I probably know all I can know without doing you know the practical side of it and I need to get my hands dirty so I said um I think I think I'd like to give this a shot and he said well what's the worst that can happen and I said well okay well we lose everything we lose the house we lose everything because obviously for your first deal you've got it all on the line I'd love to say they keep yourself separate but that's not the case and at that time my husband said yeah you know go for it let's do this and I had his complete backing and support
0: No, that is like totally awesome and I don't think a common story Mm. and I think you're pretty inspiring to take that chance. Um, But I guess you didn't just go wake up one day and go, I'm going to be a property developer. You obviously did the research and um, had a career prior to that. So what, what actually started you in this entrepreneurship journey?
1: My mother was an entrepreneur. So in our family there were five kids and she raised us all alone. So her husband unfortunately died only 13 years into the marriage leaving her with five children to raise and she went into retail and then went on to become a property investor so we got to see all forms of making money and and using it as a vehicle to build a portfolio and get ahead and that was something that attracted me it was an asset class I understood Mm -hmm. it was an area that I felt comfortable with I wanted that aggressive opportunity to grow some wealth and property just seemed to tick all those boxes.
0: No, it does. Okay, and so you've mentioned your husband gave you a lot of support. So he had nothing to do with property development.
1: (laughs) It's funny, you know, because everyone assumes oh, your husband must be a builder and that is really common in property development, I suppose, because there aren't that many women out there just doing this, completely off their own back they're not but you've really got to have if you do have a partner you've really got to have their support because there are times when you're really tested when when you have to reconcile that if the chips are down you might lose everything and I'd like to say that that's never the case but there are moments where honestly you just can't control all parameters but in my husband's case he he actually was a reporter I married a reporter and um, it turned out he was a closet soldier And because of that, he would disappear at regular intervals to save the world. And as noble as that was, it was quite inconvenient. Not an idea that I'd signed on for. And while I had great respect for that attachment, I just thought, gosh, you know, this is no way, this is no way to live. You know, I, I, I don't think I want to be raising the kids alone and having to part, you know, for long periods of time. And in my naivety, I think, if I thought, well, if if I was financially secure then and, and could bring that to the family, then maybe he wouldn't be away as much. No, And that fine. was really the impetus for me to get started in property. I, it felt to me like the only way in my 30s that I could jumpstart our our wealth building. Otherwise, I saw myself staring down the barrel of 40 years and working in a job. And that was just something that well, hadn't been modelled for me and wasn't something I was looking forward to.
0: No, so was it wasn't like an extreme belief that this was your path. Yeah. Look, honestly, um,
1: property became the vehicle. It's not the only one, okay. and certainly since then, it's not. It's you mm-hmm. know, I've moved vehicles, but but for that period of time, it it was very much seen as the vehicle. And I also felt I had a lot to bring to the table that wasn't actually out there in the marketplace both as a woman and, yeah, particularly as a woman, you know, in regards to the type of properties I wanted to see
0: out in the marketplace. How did you find it being a woman property developer in the industry, specifically in Brisbane or Queensland? Did you face any adversity by being a woman or do you think everybody just accepted you straight away? It's
1: funny, how did you find it as a woman? It makes me think, oh, gosh, I've got nothing to compare it to because I was never a bloke,
0: right? But, no, no. But...
1: Look, I, overall, I would say um, the beauty is, you know, I've spoken to a lot of female engineers and they say, look, they can they can have it pretty rough because mm-hmm. they're surrounded by guys and as much as that might sound a desirable circumstance, the truth is there can be a lot of blokiness and I've certainly had that in other f- chapters in my career. I remember in one case and it wasn't in the property sector, but it was actually in politics and I was in an environment where I was locked out of a meeting because I was female and that was what they said, you can't come in because you're female. And that was it. That was actually the excuse. And I just went, you can't say that. There's not, it's not the 1970s. This was in the 1990s, mm-hmm. not the 1970s. And so I've definitely had an experience of blokey culture. The difference is that when you're a property developer, well, you're running the project. Mm-hmm. So you have a low tolerance to any behaviour like that and people know that, well, that's just not going to be okay. So most of the time, because you're picking the contractors and the suppliers, you you just wouldn't put up with, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get to see any of that because obviously they wouldn't be, um, you know, someone looking to get your work wouldn't treat you in a demeaning way.
0: No. Well, that's good to hear and I'm glad that you were treated with respect and you demanded that respect. Mm. Um, so just to change up the pace a bit, What has been your worst moment in your career? I'm sure there's been a few. We all have them. There's a lot of ups and downs, especially when you're in business for yourself. Mm. I think we've we've definitely all experienced that. But do you have a a particular moment that stands out that you'd want to share? There's been a couple of heart-of-my-throat type days
1: or moments, and they're the ones where, despite all your best intentions to control all aspects of the development, you can't control everything. In 2011, I recall, we, we just finished only a small project. It was supposed to be a real easy one. We had sold two or four townhouses and and had done reasonably well. And then in 2011, in January, as you might remember, we mm-hmm. had the floods. And
0: yes,
1: even though our property wasn't affected, the perception was. And so for Queensland and southeast Queensland particularly, the market just plummeted overnight you know about 12% and then 15% overnight so overall that was just a hard you know it was just all this hard work and through just chance the market ticked and we were luckily we'd sold two and the next one we had we had to take a quite a hit on really mm-hmm. um, and we still got out of that okay but that wasn't a moment that I'd like to repeat. Um, more recently there was one where one of we're a builder that we were associated with went into liquidation and that was another heart in your throat moment because look anyone who's in business will know that if one of your suppliers um goes broke then even though it might not have anything to do with you you are implicated just by the sheer inconvenience of all of that and in this case it was excruciating it was excruciating to be on one end of that both for the suppliers and for the developers involved and I wasn't the only developer affected obviously fortunately uh, our build had completed and and had been complete for several months but there was still a lot of noise around that and disruption and interruption and nothing could have prepared me for that scenario really
0: no it's it's definitely heartbreaking to listen to Uh, Do you think there's any advice that you could take out of that that you would give to other people wanting to get into property development who are worried that these types of things will happen? Oh, look, you really, it's always
1: said that your contracts, they have to be very solid and they have to be very carefully constructed. As the property developer, you'd really want to be using your own version of the contract and not Mm -hmm. the builder's version. You really can't have a she'll be right mate attitude I mean for 10 years I can say I was honestly blessed in that you know I wasn't really touched by that but eventually yes and and that's really just a sign of the times when the market gets tough and margins get tight litigation get becomes more prolific and that's not pleasant to be on the receiving end so I think if you have really good standards of operation whether you know your email correspondence your document control and your contracts to begin with you're going to weather that storm better than if you haven't
0: yep so almost get a good lawyer up front yeah um, get it get all your t's and everything crossed off
1: yeah you expect the worst but but prepare for i mean prepare for the worst but expect the best sorry prepare for the worst but expect the best and Mm -hmm. so you don't you know, I, I often say now, I mean, in the world that I'm in, I'm equipping women to be financially independent through various other means, so ones that are less, less exposed to risk, I suppose, and I have the belief that all women should have the confidence to live, you know, financially free life. Um, but in that, I, and I use the metaphor of the construction site in that, so I say that when you go onto a building site, wear a hard hat, to insulate yourself and a high-vis vest to stay visible and steel cap boots to walk on that site confidently. And it's the same in real life. You know, just as we as women go out to construct the life we're looking to design, I expect that you do wear the hard hat and the high-vis vest and the steel cap boots. And using that metaphor, it's not from a place of fear that you expect maybe something's going to go wrong, but from a place of just being wise.
0: No, that's like absolutely great advice. And I can see now why you're out coaching and training women to, I guess, better themselves and prepare themselves against all these hard knocks. Um, So you've been through, I guess, the hard hard times, um, but I'm sure there's been good times too. Mm. What has been your biggest success or career moment? Yeah, it's interesting. I would say that on the back
1: of every really tricky moment is an opportunity to grow so I talk a lot in the book of you know the pink hard hat building the resilient woman I talk a lot about resilience actually Mm -hmm. and there's a real capacity and opportunity when your chips are down to actually bounce forward you know we talk about bouncing back there are some people that actually don't recover from a really bad blow Mm -hmm. but there is a real art and that's what I teach my daughters I've got three of them the art of actually resilient living, you know, bouncing forward and if you're in your own business and you are an entrepreneur and particularly if you're a solopreneur, you've gotta you've you've gotta work your resilience muscle because no one tells you about the tough times. Everyone's out there on Instagram, or you know it's all it's all <laughs> it's all just beer and skittles. But the
0: reality is
1: you're gonna have your days where you need the resources to recover your position.
0: Mm. Yeah. So is there one particular project that was your favorite?
1: Yeah. So um, on the back of my, my last development, which was uh, 30 units, um, I, I guess the gift in that was I ended up pivoting and writing a book and changing my career again and moved into another chapter literally, which is writing, speaking and coaching.
0: Yeah. So, so it's developed your, your life, I guess, to a different stage. You haven't stayed yeah. stagnated
1: no I, I think for for every opportunity you know for every every time something comes your way that at the time is a massive challenge if you can grow through that who you become on the other side of it is is someone greater than you could have been going in and and honestly you honestly don't have that perspective until you look back and go, wow, I couldn't I'm almost I'm actually grateful for the hard times because and it sounds it sounds trite to say it but you be, you do become grateful for the tough times because it helps build who you become next mm-hmm. and whether that's a relationship or a, a situation or work or whatever, it, when you come through it and evolve to respond to it, you can't ever go back to being who or what you were before, Jess. You, you, have, you then go on forward somewhat different, stronger and, and better.
0: Well, I hope everybody is really inspired listening to this because I definitely am. Um, And just as a a leaving question, I know you're not heavily involved in the in the industry anymore, Um, but do you have like a vision for developers in your industry? Is there anything you would change? Would you like to see more female entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. enter into property development? Look, I
1: I applaud women doing whatever they want. I think it's a place that's open to both. I think we have our giftings and what we bring to the table is a level of intuition and detailed thinking um, and design that I think is really to be applauded in the design and development space. I think that it would be a shame to see Brisbane go where Sydney and Melbourne is where, you know, literally the boutique developers are almost muscled out of the game and it just becomes – too expensive and too much of a closed room to allow them in and I think you know the city is worse off is worse off if that's the case because you don't get that beautiful imaginative interpretation and and that creativity that comes with a real love for the actual architecture sometimes you know I I would hate to see the cookie cutter you know design of you know one after another after another being all we have and all we promote in the city so my vision for for Brisbane was is that you know they continue to encourage boutique developers whether they be male or female Mm -hmm. and encourage a level of excellence in design the the ability to breathe enough so that we can actually create beautiful and dignified living dwellings for you know for place for places for people to live and and grow and and have their families and build better lives
0: no I totally uh support that sentiment (laughs) as an urban planner I definitely support that Well, thank you so much for talking to me today and sharing your story, Louise. It's actually so amazing to talk to you. Um, For anyone who wants to contact Louise, uh, you can find her through the pink hard hat on Facebook or the website. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Jess. Thank you for having me.